0: Well, good morning everyone and welcome to episode 22 of the Gritty Leaders Club. Today we're going to be talking about meetings, the good, the bad and the ugly. Welcome Ben, how are you feeling today?
1: You said meetings, I've already fallen asleep Ian. (laughs) can't stand meetings. But I'm good, nice to see you this morning. (laughs)
0: That's a great way to start because that's unfortunately the way most people in organizations also feel about meetings. That's why this is such an important episode to talk about. (laughs) So yeah, good one Ben and uh, it's good to see you again and hear you again. But before we dig into this, really important episode that we know people struggle with so much what has caught your attention sir Uh, a book team spirit this
1: is Brendan Hall's book Brendan is Brendan skippered a clipper around the world yacht. in fact he was the winning skipper in 2009 2010 I think was was his year and and I looked at this and I thought, this, this is interesting. Uh, the Clipper is an amateur race. hmm Yeah, it's one of the toughest sailing races. It's a circumnavigation. They go through some frightening places. And it's an amateur race. These aren't professional s- sailors. And more than that, some of the crew will do the whole circumnavigation. And others are what they call leggers. They will join for one or two legs. Mm-hmm. So, the team on that boat, well, first of all, it's an amateur team that quickly has to be strong enough and good enough to do some of the toughest sailing you could find, and then they're swapping people in and out all the time so I thought this is interesting, and it's a great Amazing. book um mm. a great book tells the story of of how Brendan as skipper builds that group of people into a team and he says you know winning winning the clipper is not about being a good sailor or more technical or anything like that it's actually about have we got the winning team Mm. so yeah so that's that's what got me reading listening actually it's on audible as well and as i listen you hear the story about what brendan does that helps and hinders that team coming together. So it's good, it's well worth a listen. The reason that I'm mentioning it though is, is slightly different. Month eight, I think it is, and Spirit of Australia, that uh, is the name of the, the yacht, is in the centre of the Pacific between China uh, and San Francisco in the middle of a, a hurricane, <laughs> you know, like a real hurricane. <laughs> Waves three, four times the height of my house. Three weeks from land. Scary. No, you know, no real chance of of help, and and I won't say too much because I don't want to give away this part of the book. But that team that Brendan was building mm. suddenly had to sail the yacht without their skipper. <laughs> And I'm listening to this and thinking, wow! So he did it, and you know, and we talk about this with teams in business all all the time. Is the team cohesive? Can it problem solve? Can it operate the business? Can it report confidence in you know this week, this month, this quarter, and you know, and and, and so on? And his team needed to do that. They needed to sail the boat mm. in the middle of a hurricane. My goodness! But the punchline is. That the team could sail the boat in the storm, keep themselves safe, get get themselves home to port. However, what they couldn't do was race.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so it brought it all home for me. You know, as, as skipper, he developed the team, they can sail the boat, and thank goodness. However, he still has a role. Mm. Because he adds in that you know his role is Okay. Well, we can sail now. Let's race. Let's win the leg. Mm. And I think that's worth thinking about for for any leader. Are we developing the team so that they can operate without us and be successful without their leader? Yeah. And then as leader, what are we adding back in? Are we helping them race? Fantastic, fantastic story. Yeah. Get ready for a few late nights because there's points where you just can't you can't put it down. And if you did, you wouldn't be able to sleep anyway.
0: <laughs> oh, some great thoughts in there, aren't there about, you know, we, the leaders we work with and are they comfortable stepping back and letting the team sail the boat in their business? What do they really add when they come back in? How much are they delegating and developing that team around them? So that if they have to be away, they can take the reins. I mean, it's some really great questions in there, Ben. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to hearing that book or reading that book.
1: Yeah, good. Enjoy. What's Mm. got your attention, Ian?
0: Well, I was listening to a speaker recently and he talked about habit stacking. And I hadn't Uh come across habit stacking before. And so habit stacking simply is you want to take on a new habit. Let's say you want to do press ups every day and you think, and you keep forgetting to do them and you say, Oh God, it's too hard. And then you, that they go right out of your system again and habit stacking is take an existing habit like cleaning your teeth and you know you do that every day Mm -hmm. and you say right what I'm gonna do is every time I clean my teeth I'm gonna do 10 press-ups and it becomes linked to an existing habit It becomes far easier to take on board so I love that idea of habit stacking and so I thought well i let me go back and, and do a bit of research to see where this comes from. Well, it, it seems to come from a guy called James Clear, who wrote a book, which I haven't yet read, but it looks interesting called Atomic Habits. And we all, we've all probably heard these things about habits and how many times you have to do them. Again, I started digging into this and looking at the, some of the latest research on habits. And it says that habits become automatic after 66 times of repetition which is more than actually I'd heard before, but that's interesting. And it's, but it also, the research I came across in the European journal of social psychology said that some people will take four times as long to build a habit. The interesting thing for me though, was coming back to, well, why would you keep a habit or why would you let go of habit? And it basically comes back to some of the stuff we've talked about a lot. And that sort of allows everything to happen in our lives, which is who do we want to be? and what's our personal vision. Because if, you, if you've figured out what you really want to be as a person, if you've figured out where you want to go, then the habits are things you merely take on board on that journey and it gives you the reason to take on the habit. So basically what it's saying is, it, it's, it's really possible to try a new habit. You create new neural pathways in the brain, you repeat them, you repeat them, you repeat them, you maybe stack them onto an existing habit and then you can create new habits, that's great but I think the problem starts with if we take on a habit, we think is a good idea, but somebody else is doing it, but we don't really have that motivation to do it because it's not leading us to where we want to be as people. That's probably a reason we might drop it. So yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I just and, thought, you know, get my, get my head around that again. You know, we all drop habits and I'd like to take on some habits I used to have. And the habit stacking thing seemed to me a really nice way of doing that. Yeah, interesting
1: idea. And do do we drop habits or do we just fail
0: actually to onboard the, the mm. habits? Mm. I think we do both. I mean, I think things get in the way, don't they? I mean, I know that if I create a fairly new habit and then let's say a holiday happens or uh, something comes into our life and then you get out of that habit and then it's then you forget to pick it up again, especially on a new habit. So I think things can get in the way of an existing habit. But if it's a fairly new one, I find that more of a challenge. And I think when you change other things in your life, they can interfere with habits, you know, things, simple things like you might move house. Suddenly you realize that oh, I used to do this a year ago when I was in my old house. And because something got in the way of this routine you'd created.
1: Well, I often think about habits as we don't give them up we substitute one habit for another Mm -hmm. yeah and and the habit being interrupted is a bit like that isn't it our habit is substituted for actually a different daily pattern Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. has occupied Mm -hmm. that same spot Mm -hmm. you know if we're trying to change a habit substitute is a is a good way to think about that so i'll ask you next time ian how are you (laughs) getting on with your one-armed press-ups while you clean your
0: teeth (laughs) no i've never been able to do a one-arm press-up but i i've I've been known to do a few press-ups i have to say (laughs) all
1: righty good so on to meetings the good the bad and the ugly
0: yeah well you started with oh my god meetings they're awful and why don't you start with some of the ugly ben what what, why are they awful (laughs) what's awful about meetings why do they become boring and a waste of time etc in organizations for so many people
1: well let's why don't we do it this way let's do our angry rants about Mm -hmm. meetings i'll go first then you go then i'll go then you go so number one nobody knows why they're there
0: yeah absolutely come along to this meeting come in the room sit down around the table and then you look at each other
1: that's worse than that isn't it because halfway through and we still don't know why we're there
0: correct correct
1: And we're losing the will to live what's on what's your first angry rant Ian
0: first angry rant is what a waste of time the biggest question a leader can ask is how do I spend my time You, you can't get any more so what do you do with it? And if you spend a fifth, a quarter of your work week in a meeting, what a waste of time that is. If it's the wrong meeting, if it's got no agenda, etc. What a yeah, waste of time. And
1: it's not and it's not just leaders, it's it's everybody. There's, everybody. There's great uh, research, Harvard Business Review article. Oh, what's it called? I'll dig it out, I'll put it in the notes. Mm. That talks about how a Huge part of motivation is people realising that they've made simple progress day to day. Mm -hmm. No matter their role. So, But if we're stuck in a a pointless meeting, well, we're not making useful progress. And so we drag ourselves uh, out of the workplace at the end of the day. So the next one for me is, is the meetings a sham? You know, we were there. We got through it. Stuff was talked about stuff was decided and then it doesn't happen or the opposite happens.
0: Mm.
1: It's like the meeting didn't happen yeah. and things carried on exactly as they would have done otherwise. The whole thing was a whole thing was a sham.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've also got, uh, in addition to wasting your time in a meeting, you've got the lost opportunity cost mm-hmm. because what else could you be doing with your time?
1: Mm-hmm. You know, you've mm-hmm. got
0: all this stuff on your agenda. You've got all these important things to crack on with. And you end up being dragged into a meeting.
1: Well, and then the worst version of that is is the passengers in the meeting.
0: Yeah.
1: They're there. Yeah. Nobody asks them anything. No. They don't say anything. They're asleep for half of it because they can be because they're just not involved in it. What an utter waste of their time. So passengers, that's my next... Passengers... Uh,
0: Angry My next Angry Ramp is, uh, it's called, and I found this out in a bit of research, it's called Meeting Recovery Syndrome. I love that, I saw it and I I, I just think it's brilliant. What it means is we spend an hour in a a useless meeting that never achieved anything and we, we lost the will to live. And then we spend time afterwards talking to everyone, wasting more time telling them how bad the meeting was because we're angry about the meeting and our emotions don't come down and we spend more time recovering from a bad meeting.
1: Yeah, that's that's on my list as well. I wrote you need a spa break afterwards or a therapy session.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly.
1: Here, here's a simple one. Late start, late finish.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And that's quite a simple one to sort out. But agree, people turn up late, and the meeting runs badly.
1: And then it 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 finishes late and it mucks up whatever's next in the day.
0: Yep. But I think one of the things that is so important is if you are responsible for running a meeting, and it's a bad meeting, and even worse, it's a regular bad meeting. So everyone keeps coming to this meeting, it's not well run, What happens to your credibility as a leader? It's Um, shot. mm. It reduces. It goes down. So never forget, it's the wider implications and consequences of you running bad meetings is, is your credibility.
1: And I think people don't think about this. Yes, if we run terrible meetings, the credibility goes through the floor. If we just run mediocre meetings with passengers in them, that kind of go through the the motions and don't achieve an awful lot and maybe uh sort of underpin a mediocre performance in what that team is is doing mm. well what is it that we're telegraphing so we're forcing people to spend hours of their life in an unproductive way bored out of their wits mm. forget about credibility mm. t- you know, you're just turning people off mm-hmm. to you mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. the leader. So, yeah, a- awful chairing. And the last one, simple one on on my list, but but still argh, really gets me. No one is prepared.
0: Yeah. Well, mentally prepared, which is this ridiculous situation we get in meetings where you finish a meeting on the hour and you're expected to be in the next meeting on the hour... which Mm -hmm. is impossible. So that goes back to your earlier point, you turn up late for the next meeting. And of course, you're not prepared mentally because you've just come out of another meeting. So you haven't had that time for the mental preparation, never mind the physical preparation, because you didn't get the agenda the night before and you're not quite sure what part you're playing in the meeting. So you just show up and go, right, what's happening? Where are we? So
1: Ian, it's time for a meeting massacre.
0: (laughs) And I don't mean what you
1: want to do in one of the worst types of meetings. I mean, we need to be looking at our calendars. and cleaning out. Yeah, we need to be cleaning out. And it's an important question, not just for the leaders for for everybody. In fact, a good question to ask regularly, all the people in your team is how much time do you have for meetings? Mm
0: -hmm. No, Mm -hmm.
1: really, how much time do you have for meetings? In fact, let's turn that around. Are you sitting down and planning your impact for the week, every week? Before you get into the week plan Mm. your impact Mm. in the space around that that's when you've got room for additional meetings
0: yeah
1: how many people do it the other way around you know they open up their calendar early in the morning on a Monday maybe even on a Sunday evening and the first thing they do is what meetings am I in this week and then they try and shoehorn in the impact that they need to have around that So how much time do you have for meetings, really?
0: Yeah, and ask yourself, do I need to be in that meeting at all or do I need to run this meeting? Or is it a case of having a one-to-one chat on the phone? Is there some other way of having that uh, communication and action that you need from a particular uh, meeting or uh, chat you need to have? So is it a meeting? Who needs to be in the meeting? Steve Jobs was brilliant at this and I had an old boss who was brilliant at this. I remember... I remember going to uh, a meeting when I worked in Salamé years ago and I, I, and I went down with my boss and it was a kickoff meeting for a big change project. And we got into this room and I'm not joking. There were 12 people around this table for this kickoff meeting and that might have been okay. But my boss sat there and he said, and this was classic Lencioni, his book, Getting Naked About yep, being brilliant as a consultant, great book. And he, my boss sat there. And he said, before we start, I just want to go around the table and ask, why are you are here? And yeah. I thought, oh my God. Anyway, he did that and he went to the first person. He said, why are you here? And he said, because my boss said I should be here. And he turned to his boss and said, why is he here? And he said, well, doesn't really need to be here. Right, off you go. And we carried on like that and got down to six people in the room.
1: Yeah, much better number no ccs at the meeting and we've got this awful habit of CCing people on email don't we i mean that's that's endemic in organization i wish microsoft would just delete the cc box (laughs) really i do but no ccs at the meeting yeah come on do your colleagues a favor yep i agree yeah and let's let's flip that around if it's your meeting if you invite them then you involve them
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and by mm-hmm. the
1: way in the first five minutes of the meeting mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: if i've invited you within five minutes mm-hmm. i've driven a contribution for you i've got you in the room i've got you switched on mm-hmm. we all know why you're there we're already valuing your input mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. the responsibility of the person who sets the meeting if you invite them involve them
0: yeah no i like that invite them involve them nice little phrase there ben
1: mm-hmm <laughs> Hey, you mentioned some research earlier, and, and I dug around as well. So let me read you this from a Harvard Business Review article called Stop the Meeting Madness. Nice. And they've done a bunch of research. Now, I think earlier you, you said something like, you know, we waste a quarter of our time in meetings or or something like that. Get Get this. We surveyed 182 senior managers in a range of industries... 65% said meetings kept them from completing their own work. <laughs> si- 71% said meetings are unproductive and inefficient. Yeah. 64% said meetings come at the expense of deep thinking. And This last one just, 62% said meetings miss opportunities to bring the team closer together. Wow. Yeah, I.e., they're achieving the opposite of what they're meant to. <sighs>
0: Unbelievable, isn't that? And that's HBR. That's a useful one for listeners to dig out if they want to know more then. I, I found a book uh, called The Surprising Science of Meetings, which mm-hmm. is by Steven Rogelberg, 2019, yep. and he's, the interesting thing was they did a lot of surveys of what leaders and managers who run meetings think about those meetings they run, and then about what attendees say about the meetings they attend. The same meetings and leaders said that 79% of the meetings they run were productive or extremely productive. Okay, that's (laughs) what that's what the people who run them said. Yeah. Right. So what did the attendees say? They said most meetings wasted their time. I mean, this is summarizing actually what we've just talked about. There was the lost opportunity cost to do other things. They had reduced engagement in the business. They resulted in their own meeting recovery syndrome. They resulted in people leaving the business and they, and they resulted in the reduced power and influence of the leader who said they were most productive.
1: Right, and what's the punchline? The meeting has got to add value for every single person there, yeah. not just the organizer. It's got to add value for everybody there. Absolutely. That's, that's the standard
0: interestingly there is a cost of meetings calculator you can find <laughs> okay it's frightening where you can put in the average salary of the person if you google cost of meetings calculator listeners you can put in the average salary of the person in the room the length of the time of the meeting then times that by how many meetings a year you might have and you'll give you a, give you a figure it's quite fun to throw back at the people in the meeting or even at you as a leader and say this is what it's costing the business
1: yeah and then add in the cost of flights, the cost of hotels as well. It's astronomical.
0: Huge. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, okay. So something's got to change, right? Absolutely. <laughs> so so where where do we start here? I mean I've got a new book here. It's called Own Your Day. I spotted it because your publisher and my publisher to be, Alison, Alison mm. Jones, her weekly newsletter. Mm-hmm. This was uh, the newest book. So this is Hot off the press. It's got a chapter on, on on meetings. And so it's called Own Your Day. Diana Marsden, Julie Nerny, congratulations uh, for your newly published book. Mm. And one of the bits that jumped out for me, and, and this is a useful way of thinking about it, a little bit challenging, there's only four reasons to have a meeting, they mm-hmm. say. Only four reasons. And those four reasons are shaping so a creative meeting let's explore let's create let's find a way shaping Mm -hmm. team building Mm
0: -hmm.
1: number three governance or decision making and number four management by which they mean Mm one-to-ones yeah yeah. so not on the list is (laughs) in my view the most common and the most soul-destroying type of meeting, which is Tell me. the update meeting. Absolutely. What are we doing? Yeah. What well, What are we doing? So, so let's re- reboot that to start with. Look through your calendar. If there's a meeting for updates, cancel the meeting. Mm. Get the material together. Send it out to the relevant people. Give them a deadline for asking questions. Mm gather the questions, and then the first half hour of the reinstated meeting Mm. is to respond to those questions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if they've not reviewed the material, and they've not asked a question, then sorry, you've lost your opportunity. So half an hour at the beginning of the meeting tops to respond to those questions. And then we get on to okay, so what's the single most important thing that we should discuss here as a group Mm. on the shoulders?
0: of where we are Mm -hmm. today. Exactly. We're back into... What's the purpose of a team? What's the purpose of a business? And I think we lose track of that sometimes when we get into meetings. Uh, And of course, if we're getting into a meeting and discussing those things we should have discussed before, what a waste of time. As you say, this is back to the preparation we spoke about earlier. Share those updates. That's your preparation. Get inside them. That's what your job should be. Understanding where they are and come and comment. Let's discuss the real issues. Why aren't we on track for this? Where's the big issue behind that? Come with a points of view. Yeah, exactly.
1: You know, and that this is one of the things that the chair of the meeting needs to do. I mean, every meeting has a structure. We we open the meeting, we explore, and then we close Mm. the meeting. You know, an opening is setting the scene. Mm. Uh, It's identifying what is the big topic that we can move forward here today. The explore Mm. is getting under the skin of that. Mm. And the close is reaching the conclusion or taking of the... The decision or deciding how this will move move forward but mm-hmm. we talked about it before we need to disagree align and mm. then commit, commit. Yeah, and by disagree you know I, I, I do this all the times in the meetings that that I facilitate uh, you talked last podcast about we ran a morning with a team
0: mm-hmm. together mm, that's and, how,
1: and how did I start I got each of them to write down on a bit of paper we didn't talk Get your paper out and your pen. What's the purpose of this team? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then we had 10 or so different points Mm -hmm. of view Mm -hmm. and we were straight into our conversation, weren't we?
0: We were, we were. We surprised them, you surprised them with that great question. And it's some of those basic things we can forget in the rhythm of a business about... What's the purpose of this team? I mean, your greater great at questions. That's what your book's going to be about. But sometimes it's going back to that very basic question. What's the purpose of the team? But also, if you keep on with that question, what's the purpose of this meeting? If it's a regular meeting, why are we having it? If it's an ad hoc meeting, why are we having it? Start with the basic question. Why are we having a meeting?
1: And if we don't know, don't have the meeting. Have and the then meeting. when we've got the purpose, you know, that, that's something we can do straight away. You know, divide the room into three, three discussions. What's the point of view about what we're discussing today? And all, all of a sudden, you've got three perspectives on the table. Or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we'll do what we did and ask everybody to write down their point of view. And then you've got as many perspectives as there are people in, in the room. And you've got then a much richer mm-hmm. conversation. Mm -hmm. and a much more interesting meeting, by the way. And what
0: you've just highlighted there also is that you started that meeting that we ran by asking a question, asking a great question, getting them engaged straight away. And I think that's something that people who run meetings have got to get their head around, which is how do you start and how do you end a meeting? Probably the two most critical things, apart from the prep and the purpose and all those, if you've got those established, how do you start the meeting? How do you end the meeting? And one person said to me years ago, and I think it's absolutely right, whether you're, whether you're writing an article, a blog, whether you're presenting on a stage, whether you're running a meeting, same principles apply. You've got to open it by engaging the audience, by giving them something to think about, uh, a boom opening, something that they go, oh, didn't think that was going to happen. But how many meetings do we attend? where you sit in the meeting somebody says, right, let's just go over the figures from last month. And before you've got into column three, you've, you're thinking about something you should be doing rather than the figures you already knew about because you were aware of them before you came in the room. Not the way to start a meeting.
1: De- definitely not find the drama. hmm What we're talking about, why does it count?
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: What are two possible futures, a good and a bad?
0: hmm set the scene yeah tell a story you know come in and say this is what our customers are saying about us Mm. what do we need to do about that and then suddenly they're into the conversation you know the story that that makes the point about the conversation we're going to have that brings it to life for people but opening a meeting is critical and people must get that and and prepare if you're running the meeting prepare your opening it's vital think of a bond movie how does a bond movie start <laughs> it starts with an action sequence where bond is hanging out of a helicopter above mexico city and then you're absolutely straight into that film you can't get away from it you're sucked into the film and then what happens after the action sequence he's back in london talking to M, and they're talking about how he did and where we, where we're we going to go with the movie That's where you need to be as somebody running. I'm not saying hire the helicopter. I'm saying make sure you start it with a bang.
1: Yeah, and another way to think about that is who is the star of the show? Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking all of a sudden uh, about a governance meeting at uh, my daughter's school. Mm -hmm. And governance meetings, I'm sure there's some school governors listening. And if this wasn't a podcast, I might need to reach over and shake them and wake them up (laughs) right now, because these are not always the most stimulating of meetings. But a good way to think about those, I think, who's the star of the show today? You know, do we have the head of languages here with us for 15 minutes Mm -hmm. to tell us the language program? And if we do, great, they're the star of the show. Mm -hmm. And this is our opportunity to hear their story and really get under the skin and find out something new Mm -hmm. about that part of the the curriculum and the school's life. So who's the star of the show is another way to to think about it and how are we going to make them the star Mm -hmm. and how are we all going to get behind them and make them feel fantastic on the shoulders (laughs) of the questions we asked to understand their contribution and to understand what it is they need and how we can help them. And... And you kind of you bring me on here to how I think about meetings, Mm -hmm. which is I don't think about meetings actually. (laughs) That I can say it, but the word is not in my vocabulary. Instead, two alternatives. I think about conversations. Yeah. So if it's one to one, it's not a meeting, it's a conversation. Mm -hmm. And and try this in your calendar. If you're still using an invite, Mm. well then not agenda. Conversation, underline, and what's the conversation we're going to have? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we have conversations, not meetings. And by the way, that, that opens it up because automatically if it's conversation, I'm thinking of a much greater range of ways and places that I might have that conversation. Yeah. Conversations happen in all sorts of
0: places, and in all sorts of ways. Meetings happen in meeting rooms. Exactly. You know, on-site, off-site great thing to consider you know how many meetings do we have that's a strategic meeting we have it in the boardroom and then somebody pops out because the somebody's knocked on the window and said you've got a call what's going on here if you get them off site you can focus them we've done that together with teams you're not going to do that for every meeting i absolutely understand but that brings me back to a point which i think is vital which is create some sort of Teamship rules or etiquette for the room that people create themselves and buy into. Just mm-hmm. done this with, in fact, the group we worked with a month ago. I ran it in the afternoon and they came up with all sorts of agreed teamship rules that they would follow. And and I've heard since, because I've been doing some Coaching with them, they've implemented and they're using them. you know, things like when we turn up for a meeting, the technology we might or might not be agreed to use in the meeting, no phones on the table, things like this, being present, giving people respect and all those other things, which we know we should have on these rules or etiquette established by the group for the group and making sure people stick to them.
1: Yeah, totally. So this, this is the antidote to our list of angry rants. yeah i guess it is totally the antidote let's do the opposite with with the team yeah how do we want to be in meetings Mm -hmm. yeah and then let's make that our standard so yeah that's great groundwork to do Uh, so on the shoulders of that yeah i i have two types of meeting neither is called a meeting one is a conversation if it's one-to-one it's a conversation And if there's more people there, and by the way, five to seven is the ideal amount, and if it's bigger, then it's something else. But if there's more people there, it's not a meeting, it's an event. (laughs) Mm. Yeah? It's a 90-minute event. Mm. And this is how we should be thinking about it, a 90-minute event.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Hey, movies are 90 minutes long, right?
0: That's right.
1: Yeah? We can do a lot in 90 minutes, and we should engage them. And if we've got a day long meeting no. actually as uh, you know this because if mm. we've done them together mm. I don't send you an agenda beforehand I send you a running order exactly and the day is a series of events so people no more meetings conversations
0: or events please I think the running order is a great point there Ben because well I'm running a day's meeting and I force myself into a bit of a tight corner by putting, uh, timings to things. And actually, you know, that actually things don't always need clear timings. What they do need is a priority and a running order. Mm. And especially if you're doing it over a longer period. And, one of the things I think where leaders really show up is when they see that something so important is happening that they must focus on. You know, I had a meeting recently where somebody was talking about a loss they had had in the family. Mm. Now, actually on the agenda, it said we needed to move on, but of course we can't move on because mm. there's something going on in the room and that could be a personal thing, it could be a business issue that suddenly surfaced in the middle of an agenda and what we've got to do as leaders is say, right, what does that do to our agenda now? and what's the priority now for this group.
1: Yeah, totally agree. Let's talk about the number of people. What's the ideal number of people to have in a meeting?
0: well you just said five to seven and i, and I agree with that i've got a f- lot of facilitation where you get more than five to seven i believe the best way to have conversations going back to your term is to start splitting into subgroups where you can have really good conversations and then bring the subgroups back together so if yep. you're discussing a bigger subject you can say right team of four or a team of three all my experience shows that when you create a team of five or six as a subgroup it doesn't really work very well because they need proper chairing but a team of four or a team of three tends to work quite well in a subgroup so for me if you're dealing with a day in a, a group of 12 actually you need to keep splitting it up and bringing them back together and moving them apart and bringing them back together and then that can work really well for you
1: yeah and then we're we're structuring that exploration and uh, you and i we facilitate big meetings mm. frequently mm. right Yeah. You know, strategy off sites, quite often, 8, 9, 10, 11 mm. people. Yeah, and we're absolutely doing those sorts of things. And, but I was thinking, you know, leaders, as they get good at meetings, what's likely to happen is they'll become really good at the one to one conversations. Mm. And they will become good as well at those large group discussions and they may well use facilitators but uh, yeah the key point is they all start thinking of those larger groups as events mm. and then in the middle we have these 5 to 7 person meetings mm-hmm. and and actually at this point those are quite manageable mm. and key point those then are a great training ground for each of the other per- people in the meeting. So mm-hmm. hand over the chair. Mm. Mm. If you've got a five to seven person meeting, mm. yeah, you know, and it's regular, it happens a few times during the, the year, and it's a good meeting, well then hand over the chair to one of the regular participants. Mm. Give them some experience in running
0: that type of event. You You've hit a really good point here, and I think, In organisations, we rarely, if ever, train anyone to run a meeting. Mm. And that's why all these problems arise that we've alluded to throughout this podcast and... Totally, because eventually we get sick of it and we figure it out. (laughs) That's right. Or we go and look it up in a book or we, we start doing some research on it. But for the vast majority of people, what happens is they get promoted into a job and suddenly they're told, right, there's three meetings that you have to regularly run. And, and nobody says, "Well, this is how you run a meeting." And suddenly we're, we're supposed to absorbed somehow that, that this is how great meetings are run. And if we've had a bad example in our business, guess what? We just run another bad meeting.
1: Well, what, uh, yeah. And what does that look like in practice? Okay, tell me what the agenda was for last three. Yeah. And I'll copy that agenda, and that will be the agenda for the next three. Exactly. So yeah, great training ground. Those those comfortable. Five-to-seven-person conversations, hand over the chair, rotate the chair. All right, Ian, shall we... That was cathartic. I feel good now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I know what you mean.
1: Let's wrap it up, shall we? If you're going to pick just one thing from our conversation this morning... Yeah. ...about meetings, what's it going to be for you?
0: It would be actually if you're responsible for running a meeting do some work around how to run a meeting listen carefully to what we've said here because it's not easy don't think meetings are easy they're actually some of the hardest things you're going to do but as a leader or as somebody who runs a meeting it's a huge responsibility you've got a load of money sitting around seats in front of you you've got the future of the business because you're executing the strategy of the business. That's what so many meetings are there to do. It's a big responsibility, figure it out, do some learning around this, listen to some of the things we've said. And there's so much we haven't yet said on this, I'm I'm beginning to think there's another part two of this coming up. So take it seriously do some research figure it out prepare properly and then start adopting some critical steps i i don't think i can put it on one thing ben this time
1: yeah okay well and and nor nor can i um so hence well let's just pick pick one uh, because otherwise we'll be here for another 45 minutes so for for me it's if you invite them involve them if people do that one thing it will make a a giant difference yeah they'll be thinking about who they're inviting why they're inviting them who they're no longer inviting why they're no longer inviting them and then if they're there in the first five minutes they're going to involve them Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and do that and the rest of your meeting is going to go well so if you invite them involve them
0: yeah absolutely no like that now one thing we're just coming to the end of this podcast and we're just about yep. to wrap up. Yep. One thing we probably should put in at this time is how do you wrap up a meeting, Ben? What's your top tips on wrapping up a meeting?
1: My top tips on wrapping up a meeting is the wrap-up takes 3, four, five, 10 or 15 minutes. Allow a proper decent chunk of time for wrapping up the mm-hmm. meeting mm-hmm. and when you get to that moment, On the clock, you start the wrap up, Mm -hmm. and you signpost it. Hey, great discussion. Let's start wrapping up now. Now the wrap up can be different uh, each time. It depends totally on what the meeting type is. But good things to include in there, you know, let's do a good recap. Mm -hmm. You know, of all the people in that room, Mm -hmm. who's the best one at doing the recap? You know, it might be the chair of the meeting. It might be someone else. But you know, hey. Ian, take us through the key points that we've hit in the last 30 minutes, and then let's do some decision making. So let's get that recap, that paraphrase of the key points that Mm. we've hit to shift us in to to that wrap up. Remember, what is it we're meant to achieve here? Mm. Is it a decision? Is it clarity? And then we'll agree our way forward if you've got an extra five minutes at the end of that time so the decision is made you know it's all done and dusted two things you can do one is give people the gift of five minutes back into their day
0: (laughs) i love it yeah absolutely i I,
1: I frequently do that particularly if it's a one-to-one conversation yeah if we are finished 10 minutes early i'm sure i've said said it to you hey can I give you the gift of ten minutes back into your day?
0: Nobody said no, not yet. <laughs> yes, all right. Let's stay in this room and just chat aimlessly. Yeah, no, please. Like, hell,
1: hell, yeah. I have ten minutes. I have ten minutes back. <laughs> and and the other and this is good. If we've got an event, so a group of people, is just take the chance to go around the room and say, hey, what's the number one thing that you've got from our mm. conversation today, mm. or what's the number one thing that you're going to implement right now, right away.
0: Mm-hmm yeah absolutely you know there's got to be something on actions accountabilities and communication the bigger the meeting the more you've got to go away and say why were we here to other people especially if you're a strategic leadership team off-site people are thinking what on earth are they doing and the danger is you walk back in and don't tell them
1: yeah totally so how, how do we move this forward how do we cascade this communication yeah. what happens after today
0: yeah absolutely
1: yeah. great thanks
0: ian Hey, I enjoyed that. <laughs> it went in a flash, Ben. Do you know what? I've still got loads of stuff on my on my notes. So mm, maybe there is another part two to this. We want to talk talk about that.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, we've done meetings: the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll dream up a new title and we'll have we'll have the second run at this. Cool.
0: Excellent. Bring it on. righty.
1: See you in two weeks. Okay. Cheers, Ben.